Warning, the following statements and opinions made on this portion of the Boochcast belong 100% to Vinny Bucci, aka The Booch, and Gator Ricky Roush, and in no way, shape, or form reflect the views of the Boochcast co-hosts or its affiliates. And now, on with the show. What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week, we have another special treat for you guys, as we are going to be taking a look back at another one of our classic pay-per-view reviews. This week, we are taking a look at WrestleMania 2. That's right, this is another classic pay-per-view review that we did a very, 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 very long time ago. Uh, in fact, if you guys remember the episode My Corona Part 1, uh, you'll know that the WrestleMania 2 recap was originally on that particular episode. Uh, there's a lot of other topics on there, which I'll mention in the outro a little bit more about that because I want to jump into WrestleMania 2 as quick as possible. But before I do, I do have to address a few things. Um, obviously, the reason that I am taking this and putting it on a separate track is because it is a WrestleMania recap. And one of the things I want to do on the Boochcast is single out the WrestleMania recaps since this is primarily a wrestling podcast and WrestleMania is was, and I think forever will be, the biggest pay-per-view event and the biggest wrestling event of the year. So, I feel compelled to keep all of our WrestleMania recaps on a separate track. Now, obviously, I put them on an original track while Gator and I are doing them, but when the time is right, I like to put them on separate tracks as well for everyone to check out. That's why we have a WrestleMania recap playlist that we have here for you guys. So, that's why this episode is being singled out. Now, you'll notice... On this particular WrestleMania, I did put the Boochcast public service announcement at the very beginning of this track. The second you hit play, you heard this disclaimer. The reason I put this disclaimer up is because I will admit there are a few controversial moments on this particular WrestleMania recap. Now, as you guys know, Gator Ricky Ross 
who has been part of this show for a very long time, is nothing if not controversial. While Gator does have a lot of knowledge about the wrestling business and is very, very entertaining, there are some fans out there who do get offended by some of the things that he says and some of the jokes that he tells. In fact, we've even had people on the show who work here have disagreements with Gator about his behavior on the show. Well, over time, we have worked with Gator, and uh, he is finally turning things around. And that's why when we um, come back with brand new episodes of the Boochcast, when we return from our uh, winter hiatus, you are going to see a different Gator Ricky Ross, or hear a different Gator Ricky Ross than you're used to hearing. In fact, we have classic pay-per-view reviews that will be coming out when we officially return to broadcast, and Gator is actually going to be a lot more informative, a lot more entertaining, and a lot more knowledgeable on the business than he's ever been before. Because Gator was trying to hold back from that because he very much likes to protect kayfabe. He is very, very old school in his way of thinking. But what he didn't realize was by showing his wrestling knowledge and by talking more about the inner workings of the business, he's not exposing the business or hurting the business. If anything, he's educating people and hopefully will some young wrestler will hear his knowledge and know not to do the things that Gator says are fucking stupid and will hurt and kill the business. So hopefully he can change someone's life out there. And also, you know, if you're going to tell people that you know the business and that you're in the business and you're knowledgeable and that you're an expert, you got to give that expertise. Because if you don't, then it just sounds like you're lying. It sounds like you're capping. You're not who you say you are. So we finally put Gator to the test and we have a lot of pay-per-view reviews coming out coming out when we return that are going to show Gator in a way you've never seen before. But the reason I say that is because when you hear this particular episode, this is Gator still in his old way of doing things. So I don't want to confuse people. So obviously Gator is going to be a bit of a smartass in this uh, pay-per-view review. He does interrupt me a lot because he loves to interrupt me, which is a pet peeve that I have that we also started working on. And I'm also going to warn people that this particular episode is going to contain some topics that might be a little racially insensitive. And what I mean by that is there were a few moments during WrestleMania 2, the actual show itself that the WWF aired in 1986, that had a few racial controversial moments within the show. Now keep in mind, WrestleMania 2 came out in 1986. So while it's 2021, at the time you're listening to this particular WrestleMania 2 track, you need to understand times were different back then. So Gator and I talk about those racially insensitive moments. And of course, because Gator and I are comedians, because Gator and I both can be smartasses from time to time, and because Gator and I hate, despise, and loathe political correctness with every fiber of our beings, we do make a couple of jokes along the way. Some jokes will be told. Some of them will be funny. Others, people will find offensive. The reason I say this is because before you listen to this WrestleMania recap, I want you to be aware of what you're about to hear. So if you are a person who is easily offended, if you are a person that does not like jokes of a racial nature, if you are a person that is just uncomfortable with hearing jokes or topics based in that area, this recap is not for you. You might as well just shut this off and go listen to another episode. Or wait until we come out with something 
for next week. I would suggest not listening to this episode. Because I mentioned before, there could be insensitive topics happening. You're going to hear them. It's going to happen. I don't want anyone calling me to complain about this. I don't want any fans complaining. I don't want anybody on the show, any co-hosts complaining. Because if anyone calls me to complain about this, I'm going to ignore you. I'm going to hang up. Because you've been fair warned. I gave a disclaimer at the beginning. I know some people are going to out there listening going, Well, Booch, not a lot of people care about disclaimers. That doesn't matter. If the disclaimer is there, legally, nothing bad can happen. It's the equivalent to driving on a highway and breaking the speed limit. If the speed limit says 55 miles an hour and you go 75, it doesn't matter if you saw the sign or not. It doesn't matter if you think that sign is bullshit. Your opinion does not matter. That cop can still pull you over and that cop will still give you a ticket. Why? Because they put a sign up. They put a warning up. It's law. It doesn't matter what you think about that law. They can still enforce it. Now, you can go to court and you can argue it, but ultimately, that cop has the right to give you that ticket in that moment if you break the speed limit. It doesn't matter if you didn't see the sign. It's law. Well, that's how I feel about these disclaimers. I don't care if you didn't hear them. Because, first of all, you hit play. So, unless you fast-forwarded past everything I just said here, you heard this disclaimer. You heard that disclaimer, and you heard what I'm saying right now. So, you know what to expect. I'm telling you, if you don't want to hear it, shut it off. Wait till next week. Go listen to a different track. I understand if you don't want to hear this. You can just, or if you're on the WrestleMania playlist, just skip to WrestleMania 3. You don't even have to listen to this if it's going to make you uncomfortable. But if you want to hear how we felt about WrestleMania 2, and and you got thick skin, and you're not a snowflake, and you're not easily offended by shit, I encourage you to listen. But I don't want to hear shit from anybody. I don't want no complaints, because I'm not taking this down. It's going to stay up here. And everybody is just going to have to suck it up buttercups. Okay? Because I put every warning and every disclaimer up here that you know what you're walking into. I personally don't think it's that big a deal. But I don't know where everybody's limit is. And everybody's so S-A-W-F-T soft nowadays that I don't know where anybody's line is. So I just let people know. You might get offended listening to this. But I don't want to hear any complaints. Especially from my co-hosts. I don't want none of y'all calling me saying this is an issue for you because I put up every warning there is. You can shut this off. And when I post this on social media, none of y'all were tagged in it. So unless you got friends or fans that listen regularly, they're not going to hear this episode. So you ain't got to worry about nothing going on in your lives. But I'm choosing to put this episode up because I believe that the Boochcast fans are people with thick skin who can handle regular shit. Simple as that. Alright, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to ask those of you who are still listening and plan on continuing to do so to sit back and enjoy as the Booch and Gator Ricky Ross give their review of WrestleMania 2. Alright, and now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be doing something special here on the Boochcast. This is what I like to call our pay-per-view review. This is something we haven't done uh, in a while, but for those of you who may not remember, I'll catch everybody up to speed. Uh, how this segment works is uh, myself and Gator Ricky Ross, who is joining me right now here on the Boochcast. Um, hello. Hello. And basically, what we do is we look through old, classic uh, wrestling pay-per-views, and we kind of look through some of the old ones from back in the day. Basically, 2010 is our cut off 
for how we do yes, this. Yes. And what we do is we, we look at back at some classic matches. We watch these pay-per-views. Uh, Gator picks one, then I pick one. We go back and forth. And what we do is we analyze the matches, not just as fans, but as two guys who worked in the wrestling business. We've been in the wrestling business. Uh, Gator and I both have strong backgrounds in the business. Uh, Gator has been in the business uh, for many, many years. He's been a wrestler, a manager, a commentator, a ring announcer, a referee. He pretty much got wrestling covered. Yeah, I've done it all. Yeah, and I, of course, am a, you know, wrestling commentator, former ring announcer. I've done, you know, those aspects of the business. I've also done a lot of behind-the-scenes shit that I wish to God I never got involved in. But anyway, um, point is I did it. Yeah. Point is, I did it. That's all that matters. And so Gator and I both know the business very well inside and out. And we put both of those perspectives in on some classic matches um, that we're um, able to better analyze now that we've worked in the business as opposed to being fans when we first saw these matches. So because WrestleMania 36 recently went down, I decided to bring back another WrestleMania. I basically went down the list of matches that Gator and I had gone through before he, um, you know... uh, left as a full-time uh, co-host and the next Wrestlemania that was on our list was Wrestlemania 2 so I decided that this time around we're gonna check out Wrestlemania 2 here on the Bootscast and I guess we'll I guess there's no better way to kick it off than to kick it off and of course uh, Wrestlemania 2 took place on April 7th 1986 and it was the first Wrestlemania to be broadcasted from three different locations it was at It does. Uh, it was in Uniondale, New York at the Nassau Coliseum. It was at the Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont, Illinois, and the Memorial Sports Arena in Los Angeles, California. So it was New York, L.A., and Illinois, basically as close to Chicago as they could get. Because they and really- they go back and forth and back and forth, and you just want to shoot yourself. Yes, you really do, because it's fucking crazy having to go back and forth through all of this. And they got different commentators in different sections. So, for example, in New York, uh, Vince McMahon was doing commentary. Um, he was one of the commentators with this uh, girl that was helping him out. And, uh, Who was the shitty? Here's uh, the thing. Um, as a commentator, she was the shitty, but when it came time for her and Vince to just talk to each other, I kind of... I kind of liked her. At first, I thought she was like, I'm watching some of her predictions, and I go, man, she is a mark. That's what I'm thinking. But then I thought about it for a second, Gator, and I had this epiphany, and I want to share this with you because I want to get your thoughts on this. I think that celebrities that come to WWE should act like marks. I think that they should not, they should be thinking like the average fan because they're not technically in the business. So it makes sense for a celebrity to, you know, endorse the baby face or boo the heel or they should act like marks. They should act like fans. That is fine if you're a celebrity. Yes. uh, Or uh, Byron Saxton. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, him. Uh, I don't want to talk about him. For the love of God, let's I don't want to talk about him. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. We got. We 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 could talk. We could go. We can do a whole segment just on him. Uh, but anyway, but I realized that. Like at first, I she was kind of annoying me for like the first hour of WrestleMania, and then after a while, I kind of thought about it and I went, "Wait a minute, she's a celebrity. She's technically." Yeah, but her, a- her voice was still nails on a chalkboard to me. Yes, it was very much so. I, but, I wanted I wanted her dead by match number two. <laughs> yes, and like then, I wanted her dead. Yes, but I thought about that, like, and I think that like fire, like burn it down. Yes, exactly. But I do feel like celebrities should behave like fans a little bit. 
I think that I don't dis I don't disagree, especially back then when everybody wasn't smart. And what do I mean by smart? Let me explain that term because some people don't understand what the word smart means. Smart means you know that it's not legit. Yeah. Am I wrong, Vinny? Is there a better way to explain this? Well, yeah, smart means that yeah, you don't know that it's uh predetermined is really what it is. You, like you don't you know You don't know that it's a work. Yes, that's that's what smart means. Smart means you know. If you're smartened up, that means you know what's going on. If you're not smartened up, that means you don't know what's going on. You you know, you're not in on the the, the gimmick. Uh, you're not in on the on the show. I'll try, I'm trying to find a, a nice way to put that. You're not in on the, the show. show. You're that'd not be, in that'd on. That'd be the best way to say. It. That'd be the way, best way to say. It. Yeah, you're not in on the show. So and how it works. So basically, you know, I, I felt like because at first she was kind of annoying me with like her remarks to like you know the baby face and the heel, and then I had to remind I remind myself she's not in the business. She should behave this way. And once I got out of that head, that's like once I got into that mindset, I realized okay, she's not as bad as I thought she was she's still, like you said before she still nails on a chalkboard but she's not as bad as i thought she was when i finally got that image in my head that she should behave like a fan like a mark anyway anything is better than elvira oh god oh elvira yes mistress of the dark oh that was so weird but anyway oh, um the, the elvira bullshit at the end when she tried to call the fucking steel cage match but anyway we'll get there oh god we gotta get there uh then of course we had for chicago we had gorilla monsoon and mean gene okerlund doing the commentary there um and then for los angeles we had jesse the body ventura and lord alfred hayes yes and and i don't know whatever happened to lord alfred hayes but i really kind of like he's not that bad he's kind of cool he fucking died anyway oh shit i didn't, I didn't know what do you think happened he lived a long happy life he's dead okay, anyway, i didn't know he was dead okay yeah he's fucking dead all right thank you fucking dead. Alright, thank you. Okay, we and, get it. But he was a worker too, though, so Lord Alfred Hayes started as a worker. Yeah, he did. I'm, I'm sorry, a wrestler. Let me say it that way. Yes. So anyway, and then of course, for the ring announcers, we had Howard Finkel in New York, yeah, we yeah. had Chet Kopic in Chicago, and Lee, Mar and Lee Marshall in Los Angeles. And then... Lee Marshall was not terrible. Yes. And then we had some special guests. We had Joan Rivers for the Piper Mr. T match. She came out and did ring announcing for that. <laughs> I take it you know Likey? Have you? Everybody, here comes Roddy Piper. Oh, he's so great. He's Melissa would love him. Just like she loved that facelift I got, you know, my titties. It's all good. It's uh, all good. Fat people love fat people. Oh, God. <laughs> Yes, that that was that it was yeah. Her, she definitely oh god she she sounded like she never quit smoking anyway. Um, she, she never did. Yeah, and then for the main event we had Tommy Lasorda as the ring announcer for the main event in L.A. And Elvira on fucking commentary. Yes. Uh, then of course Dick Kroll, Jack Lutz, and Dave Hebner were the referees. We had special guest refs. We had um, Dick Buckus, uh, Ed Too Tall Jones. <laughs> Yes, uh, Robert Con <laughs> and Robert Conrad was the guest ref for the main event. Hi, hi, Mr. Bujarelli. Yes. It's Dick Butkus. Yes, he was a football player commentator. I'm a, I'm aware who he was, but his parents also didn't love him. Anyway, no, they didn't. And we had special guest announcers. Uh, Susan St. James was the girl who commentated with Vince McMahon. The one we all wanted to die in a fire. Finally. Yes. Kathy Lee Crosby did some. <laughs> commentating in Chicago. We had the legendary big cat Ernie Ladd was a guest announcer as well in Chicago. That was 
cat. Yeah. And of course. Oh, no, big cat. Big cat actually tried. Yes. And then of course, and I know Gator wants to talk about this. Elvira in Los Angeles. Yes, we will get there eventually. Okay. <laughs> and then the timekeepers. We had Herb, Clara Peller. Okay. All right. Who gives a fuck? Move on to the match. Okay. And special guest vocalist Ray Charles came out and Gator yes, voice. Ray back. Charles came out and couldn't figure out where the fuck he was. <laughs> he was because I was. I called Vinny during this part. Yes, he did. He called me during Ray and Charles. And I said, Vinny, can I skip Ray Charles? I feel like he doesn't know where he's at. Yeah. Oh, say, can you see? No, you can't, Ray. Shut up. That is that is kind of fucked up to make him sing that. That That's kind of fucked up. Oh, beautiful. How beautiful is it, Ray? I don't know. I can't see it. <sighs> Oh yeah, for purple. How do how do you know it's purple? It smells like it. Oh my god. All right. So we have. So now we're gonna jump to uh, the matches we got here. We have the first. So we kick things off in New York City, and the first match we have is the magnificent Morocco with Mr. Fuji against Mr. Wonderful Paul Ondorf. Oh my god. This. <laughs> okay, so I was watching this, and I have in my notes what the fuck finish. Yeah. This match ended in a double countout at WrestleMania. Let me say that one more time. This match ended in a double countout at WrestleMania. Yeah, and it was four minutes what and ten fuck? seconds. What, what the fuck? Yeah. Why what would... See, I think this was one of those moments where Vince realized, I shouldn't do that at WrestleMania anymore. No, no, I shouldn't. People were booing and throwing shit. People actually were chanting bullshit, which I didn't know people did that at, res- at WWE during that time. I did not time. realize we did that all the way back in, what, 80... Six. When was this? 86. 1986. They chanted, they chanted bullshit, and it it rang out. Yeah, it was not... Yeah, it was not... It, yeah, it was not family-friendly. Let them fight and bullshit were the chants. Yeah, what? Let them fight yes. and bullshit were the chants. Yes, they were, and... What's even more fucked up was in the ma- in the early part of the match after Paul Under body slam Morocco, he did that slanty eye thing at Mr. Fuji, <laughs> followed by an Italian salute. <laughs> the Jersey wave. It's uh, like it's like if you you did that today, oh, oh God. The last person that did that today ended ended up uh well. Some kid had his feelings hurt, but anyway, moving on. Um, well, well, I remember uh, the last time I even heard anything like that happening was like in baseball. One guy did the racist slanty eye thing and then yeah. um, got in trouble. Yeah, but it was wrestling during this time. Roddy Piper. <laughs> Vinny, do the promo. Um, well, Roddy Piper. Wait, which one am I doing? Do the promo. Which promo? The, the snooker promo. Oh. The one where he was like, yeah, you want to be a big shot? You want to be one of the big times? I couldn't I couldn't get the place set up for you. I couldn't get you a tree for you to climb up and down like a monkey. But you want to be a big shot? Here, I even got you some, I even got you some bananas. I even got you one coconut. Two coconuts. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? But even with Mr. T, Piper said some racist shit. Like, I, there was a moment, not at WrestleMania, but in a promo when I was Mr. T, he actually told Mr. T he wears more chains than his ancestors. Yep. Like, fuck. Like, Piper did not give a shit. May I also, may I also say something? If you're coming to Athens, Georgia in August, uh, if Corona has not killed us all, yeah. then uh, please note that I may say some shit similar to this. Dear God, but he, yeah, they so told me just, Mr. Bushmelly, they said piss people off. Yes, and the it's, com- not, it's not my fault that I got in trouble. 
I got in trouble before Corona. I okay, so I used a fireball at a show. A fireball? Yeah, flash paper. Oh god. In somebody's face, and my guy went over because you know I'm a manager. My my client went over, and uh, they didn't like the promo I cut, but they told me to piss people off. I said I said the gentleman's face went up like Notre Dame. Oh god, that's <laughs> that's terrible. That's horrible. No, no, it's not. I I I can't even. All right. Well, it's not like I said it was. I'm not like I said it went up like a challenger. Yeah, let's not go there. That 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 that's kind of corny. But anyway. Anyway, um, uh, so anyway, yeah, so, so we have a double count out, um, and so anyway, we have this double count out, and now, um, we move on to the next match of the evening, uh, which was for the Intercontinental Championship, the Macho Man Randy Savage defended against George the Animal Steel. Shitty. Let me just say why it was shitty. It was only like five minutes. Five minutes and ten seconds. It was five minutes too long. Five minutes too long. What? This was five minutes too long. I've never liked George. I never got the gimmick. I never understood it. I did, and I I, I sort of did, and I didn't at the same time. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, but every time I saw George, all I could think to myself was, oh my God, they let this poor mentally handicapped man get in a wrestling ring with fucking Randy Savage. Gator, we both work in the business. How many wrestlers do we know are not mentally ill on some level? That's what I'm saying. They're, they're all mentally ill on some level, but... Um, in some in some some shape or form. I can't say anything. I'm a narcissist. Yes. Um, but anyway, um, but the thing is, is that... Fuck you. Okay, so anyway... Um, you well, are too. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm just making a point. I'm trying to get to... Trying to explain the match here. But anyway, oh, point is... Um, yeah, it was what, what I liked about this match was the fact that there was a lot of... there was some, Even though it was only five minutes, there was a lot of good storytelling in that five minutes, which I liked. There was, there was a lot of story development, but there wasn't enough... I, in my opinion, this went five minutes too long. Like, if you were going to do this, let's just go ahead and knock it out and get it on. Especially with the clusterfuck of, a, of an opener they had. Yeah, I guess they didn't expect the audience to be that pissed off. I think they... Yeah, exactly, and it didn't really help afterwards either. Yeah, and I thought that was kind of weird that these matches were so... Some, a lot of these matches, and we'll get to them in a minute, they are pretty fucking short, and I was surprised. But All of them were pretty fucking short. The first three were under five minutes. Yeah, and we get to the third match, and we had uh, Jake the Snake Roberts versus George Wells. Squash. And I'll be honest, I hated this match just as much, if not more, than the first one. Squash. Yeah, it was boring as shit. That's all it was was squash. It was... And, and Jake, I, I will tell you this. Jake is, is the epitome of a ring general. Yes. And Jake, Jake is the epitome of somebody that if you wanted to look at psychology, and when I say psychology, I mean how a real fight is supposed to happen, that's Jake Roberts. Absolutely. And always will be. But this was just a fucking clusterfuck, man. It's like, it's like I hope, like, this is the part of the pay-per-view where you're sitting here like, I hope this is going to get better. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. No, it, it got, yeah, this was just, it was a terrible match. And it was disappointing. And then we move on to the next battle we got here, which was uh, we have Mr. T with the Haiti Kid and Joe Frazier versus Roddy Piper with Bob Orton and Lou Duva. And, a, and it's a boxing in a, match. In a boxing match, yeah. Boxing match. It was a clusterfuck is what it was. I mean, Piper, the only thing that saved this was Piper. <laughs> the only thing that saved this fucking match was Roddy Piper. Let's be honest. Well, Pipe, I li- what I liked about it was that Roddy Piper was, you know, you know, still being Piper. He was being very much, you know, the heel and, doing, yeah. you know, doing a lot well, of Piper, other stuff, getting some Piper shots in. Way, 
Piper had a way of being able to make you feel like you wanted to stab him with a knife. Yes. Piper had a way with words and with people, and he could twist your emotions, which any good heel can. Yes. Um, exhibit exhibit A is Piper. Uh, Cornette's very good at it. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm pretty decent at it. Um, there's I mean there's loads of guys that are hella good at that kind of thing. Hella good. I mean shit. Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett was oh definitely my, Jeff Jarrett was definitely oh good at that. My oh my god, Jeff Jarrett, Ric Flair in his olden days, the older NWA days. Yeah. Oh, oh god, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then of course, you know, and it was and it was a decent match, and I liked the and obviously it worked for Mr. T because you know he was you know Rocky Three was one of the big movies he did, and he was like you know known for being Clubber Lang. So obviously Piper, I mean Mr. T could stage a boxing fight because he did it with Sylvester Stallone. So you had two guys who knew how to work in that environment. Like, Piper just knows how to work, period. But Mr. T knows how to work a boxing match better than he does a wrestling match. So, and it was great because at one point, Piper knocks, no, I mean, Mr. T knocks Piper out of the ring. And then in the fourth round, he body slams Mr. T, which causes disqualification, which is the only thing I hated. That's the thing. I want to see somebody get, quote, knocked out. Yeah. Because now we're working on disqualification number two, and we're not even in the first five matches. Yes, and here's the fu- I mean, and the funny had, thing we've is we've had a double count out that the fans, of course, started shouting bullshit on. We've had two more matches that didn't even last more than five minutes, really. Yeah, and a boxing and match is the longest. This. Yeah, now we got this boxing match, which is at what thirteen minutes, something like that. Thirteen minutes and fourteen seconds. There you go. So thirteen minutes, this thing lasts. And it ends in a fucking disqualification. What did you do? This is supposed to be your biggest show of the year. But you got to remember, this is the second one, so we're still working the kinks out. So. Yes. And also, not only is this one of your your biggest show of the year, this is one of the big advertised matches in addition to the main event. Like, this yep. is your one of your big money-making matches that everyone's supposed to care about. Because this is the two. It was Hogan and Bundy in the cage, Piper and Mr. T boxing. The rest of it was just there. Yep. There was maybe one, and maybe the, Battle Royal that we'll get into in a minute. That was another, um, you know, match that was built as a big deal because it was a crossover. And, you know, no between, and we'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, that that to me was ridiculous. You had a big money-making match and you ended in a DQ. And that's New York. So if you're the Nassau Coliseum, you're pissed off. You want your money back at that point. You know, that was, you know... New York, not happy. But then we jump over to Chicago and we're at the Rosemont Horizon and the next match or the match that opens in Chicago, we have a match for the Women's Championship. The Fabulous Moolah defends the title against Velvet McIntyre. This was a waste of fucking time. It was. It was. Seriously, it was a waste of fucking time. Moolah come come out. It didn't even go minute 25 is what I've got here. It's a minute 25, Uh, yes. Yeah, minute 25 is what I've got here. Moolah, bam, bam, let's go home. That was it. One, two, let's go home. Made Velvet look like shit. Yeah, and I don't even remember that much about her, so I can't even determine if she was a good wrestler that got buried. That's the thing. You don't even know. I don't even remember who the fuck Velvet McIntyre was. So it potentially could have been a decent female worker that got buried. Yeah. Potentially. I don't know though but you gotta remember during this time Moolah was running roughshod all around the women's divisions yeah I think she was like women's champion for like 28 years or something like that not 28 years but she was basically Moolah was the one leasing out these female wrestlers and pimping she was pimping them out too yeah I heard um, yeah, well I heard about that is that is that was there, is there truth to that there is truth to that I've listened to a podcast 
podcast with a man named James E. Cornett, and yes. he confirmed it. Yeah. Um, my grandfather has confirmed it. So, I mean, who else do you want to hear confirm it? Um, let's see. Your grandfather, Cornett. Is there one other person? I, I can name a couple more. I mean, I, there's a couple guys in the business that I've met that have even said it to me. Okay. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you Doug, got people. Duggan, even Duggan said it. So Jim Duggan? Yeah, Axel. So, I mean, it's one of those things. It's like, and Axel's not a fucking liar. I'm not, so, I know. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying that it, I. None it, of those people I've mentioned are. Yeah. Johnny Ringo, my, uh, one of. God rest his soul, one of my uh, trainers. Yeah. So, I mean, all these people. She was pimping these, she's pimping these damn lady wrestlers out. Damn. She would, she would put them out there to wrestle just to draw an attraction back in the territory days. Because you got to remember, this is still territory days. That is true. It's still territory days. Yeah. So, Vince hasn't taken them all out yet. Moolah was taking these women and bringing them all out to these different territories and they would work. They would, they would, you know, hoe out. What's the word? Turn trick? You know, pimp them. Yeah. Trick him out. Yeah, she would. She turn him out, and then you know she'd get half the fucking profit. So Moolah was making rack. Yeah, that makes sense. Just saying, like obviously, I think Fab. From what I'm hearing, I think Fabulous Moolah cared more about herself than women's wrestling. Sadly, yes. That's the vibe I'm getting here because she cared, she cared more about it later when the Attitude Era kind of came around. Yeah, and her stock wasn't as big. Her and May, but anyway. Well, May. Well, was May part of that, or was she just like on her own thing? That's how they met. May was a fucking freak. Oh, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt it one bit. Royal Rumble, what, two thousand? Yeah. I'm gonna show everybody my puppies. Do you want to make that your net? You want to make that one of your next picks? Can we? Two thousand ten's the cutoff. Yeah, make it make it two thousand because that's got one of my favorite matches of all time with one of my with my favorite wrestler. Okay. Um, my favorite my favorite wrestler, which is probably somebody that everybody would probably be like, "What the fuck, Gator?" But yeah. uh, my favorite wrestler of all time is one Mick Foley in any coronation. Yes. My favorite wrestler's always been Mick Foley. I fucking love. Him. Yeah. And I, ge- I geeked out when I met him. Oh yeah, I I I, I did too. I fucking marked so hard. I did too, man. He was awesome. I saw first time I ever saw him was here in Atlanta. He was doing stand up at the Punchline, and I got to see yeah. his comedy. And I, he was doing autographs afterwards, and I got a chance to get a picture with him, and it was fucking epic. It was so cool. I yeah, he is the sweetest person. He really is. And what's funny was he did a Q and A afterwards, and because they were in town, uh, Diamond Dallas Page, Jake Roberts, and Scott Hall were on stage with him at the end. Doing oh, Q&As. He did a story about Scott Hall. He did a story about Jake Roberts. So basically at the end of his set, they kind of played their music and he came out. He did one about Diamond Dallas Page, which is his closing bit. And it's the one about, uh, it's the cookie story. If anybody's ever. Oh, go, God. Go, go look that up. That was his closing bit. And if that, you've never heard this story, go look this story up. Go look this story. Mick Foley, DDP, cookies. Type that into YouTube. So anyway, uh-huh. we've been, uh, so speaking of picks and stuff, we've added to the list since the last time Gator was here so um he for example recently he picked Road wild 99 so i was i said i will pick back that was, that was an accidental pitch yes pick. so i put in so i did bash of the beach 98 as mine then yes. then gator was doing back last 1999 so i'm now added survivor series 1998 to my part so now he's got 
Royal Rumble 2000. I'll pick one at a later date to add to that list. But anyway, we're getting a little off topic here. So anyway, hey, Mula, oh, ring, ring it back, ring it back, ring yep, it back. Mula McIntyre, shitty. And on that note, and the, and for those of you just tuning in, the McIntyre I'm saying that is shitty is the Velvet. Velvet. Not Drew. Drew good. Anyway. Uh, Drew good. Drew good. Next up, we had a, uh, we we had had a flag match. Corporal Kirshner versus Nikolai Volkov with Freddie Blassie in a flag match. It, la- it lasted two minutes. I mean, this was just, th- th- again, this is just quick shit because Vince was trying to fill time. And this is the thing. Like, and this was back when there was when the flag match was just, you just pinned a guy. You did nothing special with the flag, which I hated. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I-, I think a flag, like, I like the flag match. I'll use the example was, like, the one they did with Cena and Rusev a few years back. I, I absolutely love that. That was very old school news meets new school. I mean, it was it was old school heat with new school ideas. And it was great because they would take you had to take the flag and plant it at like the rampway. So there were times where Cena would get not. You do know that in the territories, and some of them, like Mid-South has done a few, they have done these flag matches where you had to, like, hoist a flag on a pole or some shit. Yeah. So it's not like, it's not like, you you know, they don't do them that way. Oh, yeah. It's just WWE made this very fucking stupid. Yeah. And I and I, and I, and I even like this a different way that we did it. Um, One time in UCW, we had a flag match. It was between uh, Micah Taylor and Amun Toussaint, and we were using it to end their rivalry. Like, have that final notch on the belt. So, because Micah Taylor is, a, you know, a Marine Corps veteran representing the USA. So, he had the American flag. Uh, Moon Tucson had the Egyptian flag. And they were going to, and originally, we were going to do the thing where they plant the flag like WWE did. But whoever was supposed to bring the stuff to do it didn't. So, we had to come up with a plan. So, basically, we came up with an idea where they had the flags, you know, on the ring post and everything. And then what you do is they would have to, you would have to capture your flag and touch all four corners. And that's how we did it. And so they had that match and then Micah Taylor hit all four corners eventually. And it was, it was a dragged out match and Micah Taylor ended up winning. So there's another way, that's another way to do a flag match. If you don't want to do the planting thing, you can do the four corners, like a, like a strap yeah, match. Yeah, like a, uh, like a strap match or a chain match or anything like that. Like that. So, um, but they just did a pinfall and I'm like, well, that's fucking pointless. Why even call it a well, flag match? Look, we did, we did one, we did one. Uh, I remember being in one when I was managing a, a gentleman by the name of uh, Moscow. Yeah, I remember Moscow. Remember Moscow? This was the gentleman that was guest dressed up as a fucking cow. Yes, and you were well, a Russian sympathizer. I was a Russian sympathizer, yes. And we had, it was him and it was um, Jimmy Nelson, who I later managed when he turned heel. But uh, Jimmy Nelson was this southern country boy, and so of course he had the American flag, and then we had the Russian flag. And what we did was we took uh, a cone, like a traffic cone, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And put it at the entranceway, and had it at the entranceway, and then the two guys had their flags on another cone in the ring in their each respective corners. So they had to take their flag from the ring to the cone that was outside at the entranceway. Okay. And, and, and put it in the cone, basically. Had to, had to post it. Similar to what Rusev and that type of style. Yeah. Similar. Very similar. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And it was and it was done well. And, and I, of course, had to use some heel tactics in order to draw it out a little bit. It's a little it's a little difficult when you got a gentleman in a fucking, fucking mascot outfit dressed yes. up as a fucking owl. Wow. I mean, you, you definitely seem to uh, have a lot of animosity, even though you, I think at one point you told me you actually liked that. Segment. I liked the gimmick, but it was a little difficult because there was, you're, 
so constricted in a fucking cow outfit. That is true. You are. You so are constricted. Yeah, but I anyway, let's move, let's move away from me. Let's move on to our next match, which was the, uh, yes. the WWE versus NFL Battle Royal. Yes, and... That, that as soon as you seen who was in it, you already knew who the fuck was winning. Yes, I, I can honestly say this. It was the first time ever in wrestling history, and there was only one other time where I thought this. But this is the first time where I ever saw a big man get in the in the ring and actually thought, yeah, he's going to win. Because uh-huh. most wrestling fans will tell you, like, they try to say, like, you know, Big Show or this guy has the advantage in a battle royal. No, they don't. They always get tossed out. They, they oh, always get tossed it. out. I've even done it. I've even done it as a commentator. Yeah. I know you have to. Um, well, I've, I never really called a battle royal. Um, oh, I've called, a, I've called a couple. I haven't called a battle uh, royal, so I, I haven't said that. But I called a couple, and, and I, have had, I have actually said that. I'm like, oh my god, the big man! Ladies and gentlemen, the big man! Yeah, He's we, six foot eight! You well, know, 365 pounds! Well, that's, cause, well, that's different because... It's difficult to eliminate him. Yes, but that's different because we're doing a job. We have to... We have to... Oh, we, we gotta sell it. We, we have, have to sell, sell that. When we're... Yeah. I'm talking, but but right now, right now, as analysts talking, we can say that never fucking happens. But obviously, when if you're if we're commentating, we have to sell it. That's the job, you know. You, we can't we can't we can't just say like oh oh they oh big guys always get tossed out. Like no, we have to make the big guy look menacing. You have to we have to put the guy over. We have to sell how it's gonna go. You know, it's just you know we got to figure that out. So then of course now of course Andre the Giant was won the match by eliminating Bret Hart. That's how the match ended. Um, but we had other. The other people that were in the were in the match were, uh, for example, uh, Jimbo Covert from the Chicago Bears was in it. Uh, we had Harvey Martin from the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Ernie Holmes from the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Bill Fralick from the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Rush Francis from the 49ers, and William and WWE Hall of Famer William Refrigerator Perry from the Chicago Bears. And did he become a Hall of Famer? He became a Hall of Famer. Yes, John Cena inducted him. Uh, 2006. Um, yeah. So anyway, they, they had two. Now, of course, they had they had to have two Chicago Bears in this because it was in Chicago, and apparently this was the year they won the Super Bowl. The Bears won the Super Bowl, which I know in 2020 it's hard to believe Chicago Bears winning a Super Bowl, but yes, it did happen. It's not something you would buy into in 2020, but yes, the Chicago Bears actually did win a Super Bowl, and at one point they were the most badass football team in the world, you know. Stop telling people stories. Yes. Stop bears. So anyway, we had, uh, then of course from the wrestling side, we had Pedro Morales, Tony Atlas, who both of us have met, uh, Ted Arcidi, Harvey Martin, Danny Spivey, uh, Hillbilly Jim, King Tonga, The Iron Sheik, uh, B. Brian Blair, met him, uh, Jim Brunzel, Big John Stud, uh, Jim Neidhart, uh, Bruno San Martino. I was shocked he was in it. But yeah, those were the wrestlers on that side. Of course, Bret Hart and Andre the Giant were the other two wrestlers. But uh, the only thing that bothered me was the fact that this is a nine-minute battle royal. Yeah. Okay. So battle royals should be anywhere between twenty minutes on. Yeah. In my opinion, that's that's to tell a decent story. But you had a lot of football players in there, so at this point, if people get blowed up, it just they had to go. Yeah. And uh, also, you know, apparently after this Royal Rumble, after the, not Royal Rumble, sorry, Battle Royal win. Uh, um, 
this was the part where Andre kind of took a break from the ring um, because he was. This is when his health problems were really starting to kick up, and also he, um, you know, was doing a. Uh, he was also accepted the role in The Princess Bride, which later helped him become even more mainstream than he already was. And then they well, did. This was also during. The, this was also during the time too when Andre was having back issues. That's what I said. Health issues. <laughs> very, very, very documented back issues because I don't know. If Anybody's ever seen the behind the scenes footage of Princess and the Bride? Yeah. <sighs> I'm fucking blowed up, bro. Um, anyway, okay. I tried to switch my laundry. Oh god. And I was trying to I was trying to wash my fucking gear and my gear still smells like ash. Oh dear oh. Christ. But yeah, so but yeah, I heard a little side bit about note. it because I remember Side note, side note, to all potential wrestling wrestlers, guys in the business, wash your fucking gear. Yes. Nobody wants nobody wants to be stinky gear man. You don't want to be stinky gear man. So anyway, don't be stinky gear man. Listen to your uncle Gator for a minute. I'm about to go on a rant. Oh don't be stinky gear man. Please don't be stinky gear man. Don't. If, if it requires you to wash it in the fucking sink, wash it in the fucking sink. Yes. Make sure it is washed. Bring with you in your bag some Febreze so you can mask it till you can get home. But don't do, don't do, don't do like my very good friend Brian Holt. Oh, Motherfucker, I'm calling you out. Oh, shit. And leave your bag in your fucking truck for two weeks and don't wash your damn gear and then your gear smells like ass. God. Brian, you fucker. That don't sound good. No, it doesn't. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna get heat. I'm gonna get heat. Anyway. Lots of heat. So anyway, um, but yeah, so anyway, so that happened. To be said. Yes. And then, of course, um, so the Battle Royal, I think, could have been a lot better. Although William Refrigerator Perry had a great moment in there, his strategic elimination of uh, Big John Stud, you know, and uh, he did. But I, I want to make, I want to reiterate this, okay? I want to reiterate this. There was a lot of guys on the NFL side that were getting blown up. Yeah, that's why this went so quick. And by blown up, I mean they were getting very tired very quickly because these guys are used to short spurts of energy and breaks. Yes. Wrestlers are not. No, they're not. We're not used to that. No, they're not. We're we're really not used to that. You're, they're so not used to it. They oh, you guys, you don't we're know how. To, we're used to going at least ten minutes because that's how you please a woman. Yes. And then, <laughs> yeah, fuck you, you macho piece of shit. Anyway. Okay. I'm, not you. I know you're not talking about me. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the Brie Bella Lily. Man. No, I knew that as soon as you said mud show piece of shit, I knew you were talking about the Brie Bella Knee Left guy. I knew that's who you were talking about. I want a doubt in my mind that's who you were talking about. Oh, I know. How can't you? You can't even go 10 minutes. How you please a woman? Exactly. Um, but anyway, uh, so... Even Mr. Bucciarelli can go 10 minutes. Oh, yes. I mean, yeah. I, I go multiple rounds. Oh, dear God. Yes. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Hashtag he did it all for the Lisa. Anyway. Yeah, very much so. But anyway. Anyway, um, this match was the shitty. Andre wins after he eliminates Red Hart. Red yes. Hart and him did a nice little spot at the end. Yes. But, I, again, Andre was, you could tell in, in looking Andre's eyes, if you've ever been in a ring, and tell Andre was fucking hurt. Yep, and of course, William Refrigerator Perry, as I mentioned before, he, he paved the way for a lot of two-sport athletes that night. You know, the uh, the Deion Sanders, the Bo Jacksons, the Michael Jordans of the world. The Dennis Rodmans. Yes. Um, but anyway, on that note, we move on to the next oh, match of the evening. Oh, you wait, you wait till I get to Dennis Rodman. Okay. Uh, you wait. 
that till we get to Dennis Rodman. That's gonna be on a whole other show. But anyway, um, we got we had the main event of Chicago, but the the next match of the evening, which was for the WWF Tag Team Championships, the British Bulldogs with Lou Albano and Ozzy Osbourne versus the Dream Team, which was Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Greg the Hammer Valentine. They had Johnny Valiant. Yeah, what the what the fuck was Ozzy doing? Uh, he was a celebrity making an appearance, I guess, because he's British. Oh. Oh, I, I understand completely why he was there, and I get it, but all I could think to myself was, well, this went off the rails real quick. Yeah. <laughs> no, but this was this was okay tag team wrestling. I mean, it was decent for what it was. Yeah. And I mean, you can't really, it was, it, you can't really say much else because, I mean, of course people are going to boo the British Bulldogs because, oh God, they're from Britain, but yeah. they were actually over his baby, so... Yeah, they, I mean, when when they won, that was the loudest the crowd was the whole show. Well, that's because that's the most action they've seen the whole show. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, it was like 13 minutes and 3 seconds, and it was a hell of a great tag team match. Uh, Brutus Briefcake and Greg Valentine had great chemistry. Dave Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid, well, that's a given, because British Bulldogs are considered one of the best tag teams of all time. Uh, yeah. And of course, Davey Boy's going into the Hall of Fame this year, but uh, Dynamite, I don't think he's going in anytime soon unless they put a tag team. Uh, well, uh, well, anyway. Yeah, time will tell on that one. But, but, but yes, this was, this was pretty good. This was pretty good. Yeah, even Lou Albano was so passionate with the promo, you would have thought he won the championship. Let me tell you something about Lou Albano, okay? Lou Albano was one of the best fucking talkers, dude. Yes. He was so good. Billy, Billy! Anyway... Yeah, he was definitely one of the good you ones. You never understood a fucking word he said, but he was good. Oh, never understood a word he said, ever. Nothing he which said made to, any fucking sense to me. Which goes to prove, if you have if you have just a little bit of conviction in the sound of your voice, you can still get over. Oh, yes. He was living proof of that, most definitely. And uh-huh. on that, so that, and so that wrapped up Chicago. So now we go Chicago. off... So now we go to Los Angeles. Uh, California. Yep. And... Put a voice for the sheriff, because I ain't done, and a pain is not... No. <laughs> yep. And the next match of the evening, which, out of all the matches, none to me were more the shitty than this one. Uh, we have uh, Ricky... We have Ricky the Diva... I mean, Dragon Steamboat uh, <laughs> versus Hercules Hernandez. Go ahead. Just one to you. Um, yeah. Seven minutes and 27 seconds of my life I'll never get back. Uh, it was incredibly crappy. It was incredibly shitty. Um... Ricky Steamboat, yeah, uh, basically great wrestler, but as I mentioned before, the biggest fucking diva I've ever met, and I'm sorry, but uh, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. If I meet a wrestler in person and I find out they really are a dick, it changes my whole opinion of that wrestler. I'm sorry. I, I don't have that skill that most people have to separate the person from the wrestler. It's hard for me to do. I mean... I can't do it. I mean, I do. I can't. I just, I can't for the life there's, of me. Like, and on the flip certain, side, there could be a guy that everyone hates, but if they're nice to me, I'm their biggest fan. Like, right, I, right, that, right. that's just how I am. Like, you know, a lot of people love Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I think he's a piece of shit, you know? I do. He's a piece of shit human being. I'm sorry. I can't enjoy a Ricky the Dragon Steamboat match ever. I can't. I try, I've tried during these classic pay-per-views that Gator and I do, Ricky Steamboats and a lot of them WCW matches. And for God help me, I try to go back and watch them. And I sit through them because I'm an analyst and I do my job well. But I can't enjoy it the way the fans do. I can't. I don't have that ability 
to enjoy a Ricky Dragon Steamboat match because when I look at Ricky Steamboat, I don't see the dragon. I see the I see the diva who turned a seven-year-old kid down for an autograph. That's all the fuck I see when I look at him. Yeah. I can't. You can't unsee that shit. I don't care who you are. Like, and it was it was insane when Desmond told me I was stunned because I had already hated Ricky before that. With all the shit we were going through behind the scenes of that See, Memorial Mayhem show, and would you, would you like would you like to know who 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 is someone that I've met that is similar to that? Please do. Now you're you're not gonna like this when I say this. Okay. But this motherfucker is definitely like this. Okay. Tommy Wildfire Rich. Oh, damn. Just just a, just a, an ass. He can be. He's I mean, just an ass. He, just a flaming ass. He was nice to me. About, I'm talking about behind the scenes. And I think I've told you this one before. And since we're calling out assholes, fuck you, Chase Stevens. Oh, fuck him. Oh, totally fuck him. 100% fuck, fuck him. Fuck you. Fuck you, you drunk bastard. Yes. He, the man who had to, who almost got our show shut down because he snuck alcohol in through a McDonald's cup. Anyway, moving sad. on. Yeah, fuck him. Moving on. Nobody in the business has anything nice to say about Chase Stevens. Gonna, I've not yet met one person. This, we're going to cut this out because we're going to catch heat. But anyway. I don't give a fuck. I'm not cutting this out. Hey, whatever works. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Um, moving on. <laughs> All right, next so, up is what I thought was the shitty. Oh, it definitely was. Uh, we had Adrian Adonis with Jimmy Hart against Uncle Elmer. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. My spirit animal met Zach's spirit animal in the same ring for three minutes. <laughs> I was about to ask, which one are we talking about here? Because that was like, oh my god. Okay, that was, oh, that was, it was three minutes of what the fuck did I, am I watching? That was horrible. Like, it was, it was boring as shit. And I, and I'm sure Adrian Adonis is a great wrestler, but I never got behind this gimmick. It never made sense to me at all. He was way better with the androgynous thing on the territory side, but anyway. I mean, um, it just, it, it, it didn't make any sense. And it's 1986, so a gimmick like this is not going to go over well. Like, people, no, no one's no, accepting of this shit yet. No. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not going to work in the 80s. I've done a, I've done a gimmick very similar. <laughs> it don't work in the 80s. Now, you might be able to somewhat get away with it in Los Angeles because California is where a lot of the, the gay community is. But that, that's not, that shit's, it's, but still, it's the fucking 80s. What the and hell? We're in Los Angeles, not San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, my God, dear Lord. I left my heart in San Francisco. Yeah. Me and Judy were having fun. Yeah. Either oh, way, it was... No. No. You know who that is, right? Who? Elton John. Oh. Okay. And, I was trying to get the bag something to, something to cheer about. I'm, okay. I'm sorry, Jerry. I tried. Anyway. Oh, God. So, anyway, on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. It was a tag team match. We had Haas Funk and Terry Funk. Which, which is just Dory Funk. Yes. Uh, with Jimmy Hart against the Junkyard Dog and Tito Santana, or as the commentator liked to call him, Chico Santana. Hey, leave. Okay, leave. Leave Jesse out of this. That was the most entertaining thing in the whole fucking match. Oh, no, no, no. I love Jesse Ventura. That wasn't a bad thing. I was just saying he called in Chico. I have no nothing wrong with that. You can't knock. Nah, couldn't do that. 
See, I'm a fan of Jesse Ventura. The, the ginger isn't, but I am. You can't do that nowadays. This is this is more of those things you can't do nowadays. Like, if I was watching a uh, an LAX match, like a uh, Ortiz and whatever the fuck that other guy's name is, yeah. Santana, yeah. Uh, I couldn't call him Chico. <laughs> that's, that's fucked up. Well, it, it is and it isn't. It would have to, you have it, to find a way, because nothing in his name indicates Chico, so it wouldn't work. Yeah, no, but I can't call him Wetback. Well, no, you shouldn't say that. That would make no sense. You can't, you can't do that on television. That's not okay. I mean, unless you find a way to work around it. I know John Cena said it once, and he found a way to make it work. Yeah, but I couldn't. Like, like I can't I can't look at Prince Iakea and say Niagara. Like, I can't. I'm not Booker T. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't make that work. Um, yeah. Oh, Hogan, we're coming for you, Niagara. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, um, Damn it. <laughs> but, yeah. So eleven minutes and forty two seconds this match was. Um it it was insane. It was like, oh my god, another long match with great action? Okay, this is interesting. So that's pretty much happened here. And then, of course, the, uh, you know, the Funk Brothers uh, took advantage and uh, Jimmy Hart gave them a megaphone. They hit him with the megaphone and pinned Junkyard Dog 1, 2, 3 um, to get the win. So it was just a great old school babyface heel tag team match. Oh, look, Satan. I mean, Teddy Hart. What about Teddy Hart? Nothing. Fuck Teddy Hart. What happened with Teddy Hart? Just, just, just fuck Teddy Hart. Okay. Teddy Hart. Okay. A little bit of breaking kayfabe for everybody. Teddy Hart got arrested again for putting his hands on his girlfriend who was a ROH female worker. Ooh. So fuck you, Teddy Hart. Damn. And a very, a very good person in this business, a gentleman I've worked with by the name of Ace Montana. Okay, AC, if you're listening to this, brother, I hadn't seen you in a while ever since I got out of SPW. That was when I, I met him twice. AC's a great guy. Yeah. You were in the right for what you did, and I'm glad you recorded that shit, and I'm glad you told Teddy to take his juice box and leave. Yeah, he's an asshole. Absolutely. All right, so anyway. Anyway, the main event now. We're now on the main event of the evening, a steel cage match for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Hulk Hogan defended the title against King Kong Bundy with Bobby Heenan. Which I love this. Yes, this was. I love this match. This match is worth this pay-per-view. Yes. This is worth, worth all the shit. Through all the shitty. Yeah. It is. This match is worth it. It is very old school. It is the way that I feel a steel cage match should be won or lost. I hate pinfall or submission in a steel cage. I hate it. I hate it because it takes away from the spectacle of a steel cage. You don't just. Dis- do you disagree? Um, I I agree with you. I know that I've heard other people say that they think the whole escaping the cage is a dumb idea. I know some people don't like it. No, I don't think it's a dumb idea. I think if it's done correctly and there's blood and it looks like these two guys are literally trying to fucking kill each other like my favorite cage match of all time is Brett and Owen yeah with Summer Sand Slam I can't remember exactly which one I I, I can't remember which one either but I know what you're talking about it was was Summer Slam Heart and Soul I remember that it was so back and forth and you had these two technical wrestlers biting clawing beating the hell out of each other they took the psychology of the cage match and made it what it is yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, they did. They, they took the psychology of it. Of, we're locked in a cage. We're going to see who the better man is. Hopefully one of us will get out of here. Yeah. And I, in my opinion, cage matches should be won by escaping the cage. Either through the door, because that's logical in my opinion, or over the top. Okay. But a lot of people are like, well, it's not logical if the referee opens the door. Yes, it is. 
He's keeping order, motherfucker. Yeah, you asked the ref to open the... That there's no, that's why it makes no sense that there's no DQ because there's no referee in the cage. Yeah, and the referee opening the door makes sense because he opens the door no matter who asks him. It's not like he's playing favorites. Exactly. And after a certain period of time, he closes the door if he realizes no one's going to walk through it. So you ask for the door... So, right. so stop being a douche and stop stop fiddle fucking everybody and just it's a beautiful way to end the feud if it's done correctly. Well, I look well, I look at it like this. This is my take on the ending of feud. I think if it's gonna if this if it's a steel cage match supposed to end a rivalry, then it should be pinfall or submission in the cage. But if I it's don't a, do, I, 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 no. But I think if it's a cage match and you're gonna continue the feud, have an escape because then you have a solid way to keep that story going. No, see, I don't. I disagree with that completely. Okay, tell me why. I disagree with it because if it was done to the old school manifications specifications where you beat the man so bad that he can't get up to get you as you're climbing out or walking out doesn't that show you're superior i mean do you get what i'm you get what I'm saying? I, I get what you're saying i just feel like you know i mean i get what you're saying too but i'm i'm looking at it from a different perspective i'm looking at it as i beat the hell out of the man to the point to where i climbed out of the cage i escaped with my career and my life yeah, I mean, I can see that. I just see it as somebody, when someone escapes, it's like, I escaped, you know. Usually when someone escapes barely. the cage, they, it's like a barely escape or something like that. Like yeah, some, and that, that makes sense, and you can work with it off yeah. of that. But, you know, there's not, back then, there really wasn't much you could do to, to top that. Yeah, today you can top it. So I'm saying, you, I would I would say if I was going to continue a rivalry after a cage match, have the guy escape, because then it gives a reason, like, you didn't pin me, you didn't submit me, you just escaped. So that's why I believe if you're going to end a rivalry in a cage, let him pin, submit the guy in the cage, and that way, boom, you got your, your victory. You And you kept everybody else out. Because it's usually when you get to the point of a cage match, it's because there's so much interference. It's like, okay, we're going to lock you in a cage so nobody else can get in. That's why I always got mad when people got into a cage. It used to always frustrate me. But I was like, whatever. I guess that's the way it goes. But anyway, I love this cage match because um, you had two guys who knew how to work very well. And yes. you had and King Kong Bundy, uh, to me was amazing because and because I've heard him tell stories about this is the fact that he was willing to do what needed to be done to make the match work. You know, he was he was even you know him and Hogan even talked and they both said like, hey, should one of us get color in the match? And Hogan even offered to get color, but you know, yeah. K- Bundy said, no, nah, I'll do it. And then color, color, color means hold on, color means blood. Yes. To get blood. Juice, and then, color. Yeah. And then, like, you know, it, Bundy... It, it, like, it's, used, it's used in a couple different phrases. Yeah. What was great about it was the fact that, you know, like, like ripping the tape off of Hogan's ribs and exposing them as Bundy attacks the ribs and Hogan trying to knock Bundy down, but never... He, he rattles him, but never gets him to fall until he finally hits the power slam and then the leg drop and then leaves the cage. Yeah, but my whole thing is with this, it kind of upsets me. I feel like Hogan should have got color, too. But that's me. Yeah. But also, also, I do love this match. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because it's very well put together. It is. And it's, like I said, because both these men knew exactly what to do and worked together very well to make the match happen. And then, of course, what I loved about it was afterwards when Hogan caught Heenan in the cage and just beat the shit out of him in that cage. Yeah, he got the, he got the five minutes with Heenan, yeah. Yeah, like slammed him into the cage and the Atomic dropped him and then him and the Atomic dropped and he flew out of the cage. I thought it was awesome. Heenan sold the hell out of that. Um, Heenan was awesome at selling stuff like that. He really was. Heenan, Heenan had a way... Okay, my 
favorite manager of all time has always been Bobby Heenan. Yes. Bobby Heenan had a way of making you really believe he was a weasel. Oh, yes. But he was also one of the sweetest motherfuckers you will ever meet. Yeah. And I met him I met him twice. My in my lifetime I met him twice. And for a guy and, uh, who's badmouthed Hulk Hogan so much on commentary, outside the ring he had so much love and respect for him. Oh, he loved it. he loved Hogan. He loved most of the guys. There really wasn't many people that didn't get along with Heenan. Yeah. Um, you know, but Bobby just God rest his soul, man. Yeah, God rest him. He was one of the greats, if not the greatest. All right, and that, ladies and gentlemen, was our recap of WrestleMania 2. Now, obviously, I cut the part off there because as we were wrapping up the first half of the My Corona episode of the Boochcast, which is where this particular recap originally aired, um, Gator was saying a bunch of funny, random stuff that had absolutely nothing to do with WrestleMania 2. Therefore, I felt compelled to cut that part out, but... Hopefully you guys enjoyed um, this recap of WrestleMania 2. Hopefully you guys have thick skin still and none of that uh, awkward moments that we had were offensive to you. But like I said before, I warned everybody in advance. Therefore, I take no responsibility for anyone that's offended. And if anyone tries to send me messages saying they were offended, they will be deleted. Because I already warned you all in advance how this was going to go. Because of the time frame in which uh, certain events happen during WrestleMania 2. And the fact that Gator and I are both comedians and we make jokes. And we're not politically correct people. We don't want to intentionally hurt or offend anybody. But at the same time, we are comedians. We do make jokes. And we do talk about things that happen. And we address them. We can't just run from them. Because that's the real world. So we hope nobody was offended. We hope you guys made it through the whole thing. And hope you guys enjoyed it. Also, if you decide you want to go back and check out part one of the Boochcast episode, My Corona, that has the WrestleMania 2 recap on it, you can also check out the other topics that I did uh, during that particular episode, which was I talked about uh, businesses reopening in the state of Georgia because obviously it was called My Corona because it was during the uh, when the coronavirus and the pandemic were at an all-time high. So I was talking about the fact that we had uh, businesses slowly reopening in Georgia and my thoughts on that. I also talked about uh, Trump's injection comments, like when he talked about injecting yourself with bleach or something like that. Obviously, when Trump said that, he was being a smartass, but a lot of people took him seriously and you know freaked out and all that. So I talk a little bit about that. I also tell an interesting story about Fran Drescher who reveals uh, a demand that Donald Trump made when he made a guest appearance on The Nanny, because Donald Trump did make a cameo appearance on The Nanny because it was filmed in New York, and at the time, Donald Trump was the man in New York. In a lot of ways, I think he still is, but keep in mind this was back when before Trump was president and everybody actually liked him before they suddenly pretended that they never did. Also, uh, we talk, I talk about uh, the Tiger King documentary on netflix i gave a review about that i also talk about dragon ball z kakarot which is a fun video game uh that i was that i was playing during that time and i'm obviously going to get back into dragon ball z kakarot again i haven't played it in a long time because my schedule doesn't allow me to play video games as often as i like but there is a part of me that really wants to get back into the swing of things and honestly i think there may come a time 
when I decide to actually uh, play that game again. And whether or not I stream it on Twitch remains to be seen. I also give my thoughts on uh, Fire, Pro, Fire Pro Wrestling, which is a video game that Elvis really likes that he let me borrow and I played for a period of time. So I share my thoughts on that. And I also talk about the, uh, the co-writer of Star Wars Rogue One wanting to make a Star Fox movie on the Star Fox uh, video game. And I also talk about that and how, you know, I, I myself have thought about writing a Star Fox movie and uh, seriously want to, at some point, when I get an opening, start really planning that out. And if I could team up with the co with the with the co-writer of Rogue One uh, to do that, that would be awesome. But I share my thoughts on that as well. Also, speaking of WrestleMania two, there are two things that were covered uh, during this uh, recap that I want to clarify here before I officially wrap this up. And the first thing I want to address is obviously the fabulous Moolah was in um, WrestleMania two and obviously had a match. Um, uh, Gator had some things to say about the Fabulous Moolah and her career and how she behaved and everything else. But if you want to know more about that, um, on the Boochcast YouTube channel, coming soon, we're doing coverage of Dark Side of the Ring, and one of the episodes involved the Fabulous Moolah, and we do plan on talking about the Fabulous Moolah here on the Boochcast. And that episode will feature myself, uh, Rhiannon, Elvis, and Desmond will be on the Fabulous Moolah episode. So be on the lookout for the Boochcast covers Dark Side of the Ring, the Fabulous Moolah episode coming soon to the Boochcast YouTube channel. Also, you heard three different wrestlers' names get brought up that Gator and I each had a problem with. And those men were Ricky Steamboat, Chase Stevens, and Tommy Wildfire Rich. Now, what I said on that is true. I cannot sit through a Ricky Steamboat match ever again because when I dealt with Ricky Steamboat at a UCW event, he was a complete fucking diva the entire time. And also, he turned a seven-year-old kid down for an autograph because he didn't have 20 bucks, which I think is the stingiest fucking thing I've ever seen. It's one thing to turn down an adult for an autograph. I know these guys, you know, sell their gimmicks and it's how they make their money in addition to how much they're being paid. But Ricky Steamboat was being so well taken care of. For him not be able to give a, a kid an autograph when this kid had a promotional poster that everyone signed, including Scott Steiner, who's all about the money, he still put money to the side to give a free autograph to a seven-year-old kid, which is why I respect Scott Steiner tremendously. But Ricky Steamboat was just a piece of shit, and I don't respect him. I don't give a fuck about his wrestling legacy. When you behave like that, you're a piece of shit. So any matches that I review or talk about that involve Ricky Steamboat, expect me, expect me to bash him every chance I get because he's a piece of shit. Also, uh, Gator and I talked about Chase Stevens. Uh, we both met him uh, while working wrestling shows, and Chase Stevens is another piece of shit. He's basically, to put it simply, he's a drunken lowlife, and he is a guy who will bring alcohol to a wrestling event, even if there's no alcohol involved, and potentially risk getting your entire show shut down because he cares more about boozing away the sorrows of his miserable fucking life than manning up and doing his fucking job. So Chase Stevens can go fuck himself too. Now, as far as Tommy Wildfire Rich goes, I personally have not had any problems with Tommy. I've met him a couple times. Tommy and I actually get along. He's actually stood up for me when people in locker rooms would give me shit or, you know, harass me over stuff. Tommy would always defend me. So Tommy and I get along. 
apparently Gator and Tommy do not. So Gator thinks Tommy Wildfire Rich is a piece of shit. I personally do not think Tommy Wildfire Rich is a piece of shit. I think he's a good guy. Uh, he's not perfect, but I've he's never had I've never had an issue with Tommy Rich ever. I've not had an issue with Tommy, not one time. So. Uh, so I just want to know that even though Tommy Rich was called a piece of shit on this podcast, Gator is the one who thinks Tommy is a piece of shit. My only issues are with Ricky and Chase. I'm cool with Tommy Wildfire Rich. So I just want to clarify that. And that being said, this will wrap up our recap officially of WrestleMania 2. Make sure you guys are following the Boochcast here on SoundCloud. Go to SoundCloud.com slash Boochcast, B-O-O-C-H-C-A-S-T. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. Uh, check out archived episodes of the show as well as um, other great content we put up there, including my most recent episode of Complain Time is up there right now for you guys to check out. Um, also, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos from the show. They're up there on those accounts. Uh, check them out. It's fantastic. Also, make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel. We got great YouTube content up there. We have our watch party from the WWE Survivor Series 2020. We also have uh, a promo video that gives you a little bit of info about the YouTube channel and who we are. Also, I have a prank that I did on Elvis that's up there. And coming soon will be other archived episodes of our watch parties as well as episodes of D&D because we're going to be doing a Boochcast D&D show coming soon. You'll see archived episodes of it on the YouTube channel. But if you want to check them out live, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do live wrestling watch parties. It's where we do live episodes of Boochcast D&D, which is coming soon. And like I said before, we have other Twitch content that we plan on bringing there. Who knows? We might even, uh, like I said, I might even do some gaming on there at some point. So make sure you guys are following us on Twitch to get the latest on everything. And, of course, support the show through Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash theboochcast. We have great rewards for great patrons for as little as $1 a month. Just $1 a month. You can help contribute to the show. You can help us uh, keep the lights on, pay the bills, um, you know, upgrade the equipment, do a lot of fun things. And also, most importantly, take care of the guys and gal that help make this show great. So if you guys enjoy my co-hosts, and you think, Vinny, these guys work very hard. They deserve to get paid. I couldn't agree with you more. Patreon is the best way to make that happen. So if you got just $1 to give, feel free to donate. Also, if you got some extra spending cash and you want to take advantage of some of the other great rewards that we have on the Patreon page, please feel free to do so. There's no pressure. I'm just telling you, that is an option. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been the Boochcast. I'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs>